0: In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. The Match Bowl.
1: Hello there. Welcome to the show that's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. You can secure ten percent off your legal fees at LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball I'm Dan Moylan hello and I'm joined by Michael Normanson hello and Moscow White's Daniel Chapman hello stop eyeballing the camera <laughs> we've got cameras in here now Moscow staring down at it in a threatening manner uh, let's get into the show and get into another victory for Leeds United as we secure our top half finish clearly burnt out only secured our top half finish because of Covid etc cetera, etc cetera. go and pick that one apart
2: it felt a bit like the Derby game at the end of last season did this in that we were kind of pissing around, weren't we? Making some changes, just turning up and winning anyway.
3: It's the only defence we've got left against Burnout is we had to bring in fresh players who've been waiting for their chance in the, eagerly in the wings. A couple of eyebrows
1: raised over Kiko, but by half-time when those subs were made, I think it all made a little bit more sense that he's just having, like you say, a bit of a mess around now towards the back end of the season, maybe preserving a few players for the, uh, for the Euros and so on. Although um, Adam Pope did tweet... Um, just at full time and we are recording moments after full time that um, Calvin Phillips might have had a slight limp as he was leaving St Mary's so let's hope not I mean if he doesn't play
2: for England that's fine that'd be sad for him but for us nice bit of a rest he's done
3: it now and when was the um, last time we had a midfielder for England at an international tournament was it David Batty I mean oh yeah and he was playing for Newcastle at the time wasn't he but I'm I'm picturing Calvin Phillips missing a crucial penalty in a a vital game and thinking, rather just avoid all that, don't really need that in our lives. It's much easier to follow football if you don't get fans of other teams too involved. Their opinions on Calvin Phillips, not necessary.
2: On the fans, actually, I thought it was nice to have fans in the stadium. Booing Llorente, that was good. Um, Booing us taking time over throw-ins, that was good. Cheering six minutes of injury time, which we ultimately scored in, that was good as well. Leaving early, don't forget they left early. That's an important thing to factor in. A lot of them. So it was nice. the The sound effects that they've been putting on, they do make it more watchable, but you, it doesn't ever feel quite right, does it? It's got that 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 feeling of like ch- of a chatbot. It's got that not not quite human quality to it. And there's just something nice about hearing actual pissed off people. Although I did notice they were quite loud in the first half, more so than Southampton fans normally are. I don't know if they were just doing the full repertoire because it's been a while.
1: Talk us through the the chatbots that you spend your time uh, engaging with late at night when you're on your when you're on your own. Wife's in bed, maybe. I
2: mean, like when you go on to like sort of a gas bill or something, it says what's your problem, and you put and it just it kind of answers your questions, but not really. And you sort of think oh, just gas
1: let, bill. Let gas me bill st- uh, means babe station, doesn't it, or something like that? I don't know. Um, let's talk about Kiko Kasia, because he was the one who made everyone go uh, beforehand. But apart from that one little. um off his line in the first half, what was about 15 minutes in, 17 minutes in it was. He actually had a good game and he did a, a game-saving save in the first couple of minutes.
2: He did all right, didn't he? He made a couple of all right saves, saves I would expect him to make, but saves nonetheless. And then he flapped a couple of things.
3: But overall, I'd say as, as Kiko performances go, it was fine. We've seen too many of them previously that were not fine, though, to have any faith in him as a, a first-choice goalkeeper... And he's, he does just seem to make us play worse. There's, and I don't know if maybe it was, Liam Cooper's come back into the team as well, so it wasn't the only defensive change at the back. And also we were, as we were against Burnley, it was very much a similar start where we've gone three at the back against two up front and the first 10 minutes is them kind of having the, the best of us while we're trying to sort the game out. But there's, there is just something about having Krasir in the team that doesn't only depress everybody once the teams are announced because you know inevitably the next hour is going to be spent with people going, should he be playing, should he be not playing? And it's kind of, you know, the argument hasn't really moved on at all because he hasn't apologised to Jonathan Lico and so there's no reason to change your opinion of him based on that event just because time has passed. He's still the same Kiko Casier as he was last time he stank out the first team. which just makes it clear what I think of him. Um, but the, then when he is in the team it just doesn't quite have the same zip or confidence or... I noticed Luke Ailing getting back in front of him at one point to block a shot and I don't know if I'm being hypercritical but I wonder if he may have felt that necessary if Melier had been there, if he might have just been like, oh, Ilan's got this, whereas there might have been something there. It was, I think I'd better do something about this just in case that clown throws the ball in his neck. And it's... It's, it's a... You just detect this slightly different vibe about our defence when he's there just because Melier is so much better than him. But it is, as you say, that it, it's um Bielsa has said he wants him to play this game and it sounds like the next game and it, but it's not it's not a reward. It's not like he's been you know, he's been very well behaved, therefore he gets a treat. It's so that Melier can rest. It's that's what we sort of see while the other changes where Llorente gets a break. Click and cock of you know, completely fucked off on holiday. It's um, yeah. He's he's not being given a biscuit or a trophy. He's it's in a way he's being forced to actually earn his fucking wages for a change, which is um. I mean, the wages
2: might be a factor insofar as maybe we're just trying to remind people that he exists as well. So if you're in the market for a goalkeeper this summer, why not have a look at this guy? Although, from what we've seen of some of his performances, you do wonder if making him play football is a good way of selling him. If maybe just. You could show some videos of him maybe lifting a Champions League trophy in Madrid and go, this is the guy, what's he done recently? Ah, good the, stuff, all good stuff, no, no problem, no bother at all.
3: The best adverts he's got at the moment are those Marcus Aibad uh, training compilations that he puts on YouTube where you see him sort of standing next to Elan Melier kind of throwing a ball at him and helping him train. That's, that's essentially how he earns his wages now and that's why he's kind of faded into a bit of an irrelevance at the club. He's the guy who helps Melier train. And now he's getting to play. I mean, City played Scott Carson, whose track record is um, socially much more um, amenable as far as I'm aware. Um, But we're into that sort of stage of the season where it's like, give him a run out, go on, whatever. And you just have to cough and ignore it. The
1: important thing is he didn't cost us anything. Um, The other point you raised there is a good one, Moscow, actually, um, in that we've seen the evolution of Melier from somebody who had his little shaky moments earlier on in the season, to being a guy that you feel you can completely rely on. We know he's got ice in his veins anyway, Um but this is just a nice reminder that we, we go into games that much more confident when he's in net, and I think that's probably grown over the course of the season. Anyway, let's move on from him. We don't want to take up too much time talking about the keeper because there's nothing to talk about new, fresh from today, really. You did mention the bright start that Southampton made, and it was that first quarter of the game. They... Uh, made all the running a little bit like happened at Burnley, where we were just feeling the game out. I did wonder, do you think we were jet lagged because we flew down to Southampton?
2: I was a bit concerned, I have to say, in the first half. I mean, it, we did we did gradually improve as the half went on, but I I still thought they had the better of it without actually creating that many chances. There were just there were too many times it felt like when they were just walk more or less walking through the midfield, and I wasn't quite sure where it was going wrong. Whether it was Calvin Phillips trying to play a bit deeper maybe and and Rodrigo not covering a bit of space or just because they were sending centre-backs forward. I wasn't in, entirely sure because I don't understand football properly. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure Bielsen knew and presumably he changed things at halftime to fix it because second half, we
1: were the better team. It felt to me like there was a big gap between where Calvin Phillips was on the edge of our area frequently and then where Rodrigo was and it felt like him and Bamford were almost like interchanging up front at times. Um, and there was that kind of big hole in the midfield where they always felt like they had a spare man. Where
3: like Ward Prowse was operating in the first half. It's that fucking Stuart Dallas, isn't it? <laughs> Useless. Can't play midfield for Toffee. I don't know. Southampton do. They have that first problem as we said against Burnley is two strikers. We're always just I don't like us as much when we're against two strikers with three centre backs. And then they they press high. And it was kind of similar to the game at and road against them where they made it quite uncomfortable and it was all quite a bit awkward but then we ended up winning 3-0 and it was the same here it was all a little bit uncomfortable and a bit awkward um, and we almost won 3-0 that chance at the end for Rafinha which I imagine you remember at um, Manchester City and I know they said main road when um, he went off and he was all pissed off because of that tackle that had injured him and refused to take part in any of the celebrations of the most extraordinary victory I wonder if On the plane home, he will just be sitting there with a face like thunder. One, because Bamford didn't pull that chance back to him. And two, because you'll probably blame Bamford for the the pass. That was absolutely put it perfectly on his foot for him to to make it 3-0. But he was arms folded, face like thunder, not talking to anybody. Get his luggage at uh, Leeds Bradford and fuck off home. I'm fairly sure when it came to the predictions for this week, I do need to go
1: back and check. But I was bragging about predicting a four-goal haul at Turf Moor, which I got right. I think I might have said this one would be 2-0 as well. So I might have just called the last two results absolutely spot on. And let's not forget, and you two both witnessed this, that I did say we would score the 69th minute will be the first of our three goals. And I was not far off um, uh, right with that one today because I just felt that even though they started well, we would wear them down because most teams can't keep up with us and they're getting towards the end of the game. It's goalless. They're thinking, oh, nearly done here, aren't we? There's nothing
3: ready to play for. Do you know what not not far off right means? Is it wrong? Wrong. You see, lots of people, I think, will have been listening to this, expecting some kind of gloating and crowing about Tyler Roberts scoring, and I'm glad that you've popped up to uh, to intervene before any of that can happen. Because I wouldn't dream of it, and yet we don't even know if you can't even remember what you predicted, but you're still saying you were right.
1: Make so many of these great podcasts, Moscow. I just, I just forget. That's all it is. That's all it is. But no, um, it was nice. 72 minutes, wasn't it? Um, when we, uh, or well, 73, sorry, when we scored Bamford. Really pleased for him there because it felt like he'd been cheated out of something with the, the penalty incident when he did ask the ref, what, do I need to dive now to get a penalty?
3: Yes. I don't know how that's news to him. Has he not seen any football matches for a few years? <laughs> it is annoying, though. I mean, it was also annoying that he didn't just put it in the net,
2: which he, which did look an option earlier in it. I think it was on his right foot, wasn't it? And he was trying to shift it and go around the
3: keeper. and He had the chance before that, and I'd seen on the Twitter the way... Cavani oh, here he goes. Finished for Scum. For United, yeah. Earlier this evening. Very similar chance, but Cavani lobbed Fulham's goalkeeper from about 40 yards, whereas Pat Bamford neglected the opportunity and tried to run around it. And I don't know, as far as I'm concerned, because Pat Bamford plays for the only true, just and beautiful football team that exists in the world, he's obviously 10 times the player Edson Cavani has ever been and ever will be. This occasion, I felt that perhaps he could have um, taken a a leaf out of the exercise book, um, blowing in the wind from old Trafford. At first viewing, well,
1: second viewing actually, watching it live, I thought you should have put that away. But then when we saw the replay, before we got caught up in the penalty, I did think the ball got stuck under his feet a little bit when it got played across to him. It just came too close to his feet. He needed to get it out before he could pop a shot off.
2: Until he scored today, I actually thought he looked a bit ponderous in general, did Bamford? He looked a little bit, he reminded me a bit of old Bamford. But then he not made the goalkeeper, which he was, also I'm got, sure is
3: half deliberate He also got smacked in the face, which I was quite pleased to see, <laughs> <So> like he's, <laughs> he's had that coming since he uh he bielsa in the face with a football, and you know I'd always wish to see him injured, but then I didn't wish to see Bielsa with wonky glasses and a cut nose for however many weeks he suffered through that, all because the 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 child he raised as a son from nothing. Decided to uh, to smack him in the face with a, a ball, and I wonder if maybe you know he on the on the flight home with his headache, the the, the happiness of the goal will be a little bit tempered by just well, oh, so that that's how Bielsa felt. Do you think they should have got the lines
1: out? Not should it's the wrong word. It's the wrong question. I'm surprised. I'm going to make a statement rather than ask a question. I'm surprised they didn't get the lines out for VAR for Bamford's because we've seen the uh, the shirt sleeve one at Crystal Palace earlier in the season. I'm just surprised we didn't see the justification for it either correct or incorrect.
2: I mean, that for me, that is how it should work is that you look at it and you go, ah, looks fine probably and then you give a goal. But yeah, I was surprised particularly because he seemed to be, it looked a bit like the Palace one earlier in the season where he was, as you do when you're running, leaning forward to run and they could have probably drawn a line and But they didn't. And I, I assume they did check it because yeah, they, they check look. everything, don't they? But it, regardless, it should count anyway. Just like, and we are consistent on this because we said the other week Harry Kane's should have counted as well because
3: it's stupid. Kevin Friend was the fourth official. And to imagine a world where Kevin Friend hasn't looked at that and measured it. But um, Sky didn't even bother with the halftime analysis. They haven't even dragged um, Keith Andrews down to, to gloom this event up. Um, we're very much getting the, uh, the I follow version of Premier League football. I don't know why at the end of the season. They've gone all through the season making every single game an absolute unnecessary production, but now they're just like, "Oh, stick it on Sky Sports Mix for free and don't just show a, a loop of highlights." It was—I was expecting a bit of um, Eurosport action at halftime, where they just show, show some random touring cars race. <laughs> you you <laughs> might have seen a bit of world, world cycling from the other side of the the planet that nobody'd uh, seen before. So, the idea—the the, you know—the match director looking at whatever's happening in Stockley Park shall I patch that through so that the viewers can see it oh, I'd have to press three buttons and then I'd have to take it off again oh they've given the goal anyway so much like it. you Moscow they were probably dealing with the feed through to your favourite stadium
1: and your favourite club um, in, in Salford because that was their priority because they were on the other side As you, I mean we were sat here watching it in the studio and you said oh, turn it over, turn it over so I can watch United are like no no we're Leeds fans Moscow we're Leeds fans just ignoring this just ignoring it
0: one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com
1: spoke about the ref there what did you make of the ref peter banks i want it to- I I don't know, I thought he was a bit picky. He just—he seemed to fall for everything that they did and there was a lot of falling going on because they went to ground at every opportunity. We're too honest. We're too good and we're too honest.
2: I mean, in fairness, Walker Peters went down a few times and he didn't give anything, which was good.
3: It's it's quite difficult, this, because we did build up that kind of uh, moral high ground. We climbed it all the way through the game with every Southampton dive. And then Luke Ayling, in his own penalty area at least. Clear foul.
1: Then just vicious the,
3: assault. He he climbed to the top of that moral high ground, then he dived off the top <laughs> into a, a big pile of leaves. Um and so credit to um Peter Banks for giving us that one. At least he evened it up a bit. If they were diving around and getting stuff, then at least Luke Ailing got that.
2: Luke Ailing is just one of those things that everyone's going along with, and I think he's because he's quite a nice guy with an infectious personality, was it Armstrong who had who was penalised for the foul on him? By the end, even he was laughing because he was like, "Ah, I can't be cross with you." <laughs> just You're, like rubbed his what cheek. What, are you, what are you like? We all know. I know I didn't foul you. You know you dive. The ref knows, but
3: ah, is it, he does seem to suffer a bit from. Uh, this is an old re- reference: the Mary Whitehouse experience. You used to have um, the person of restricted seriousness. Who, so whatever they say, people just find it funny. And when them, um I was thinking that when he he had the shot of him marching across to the assistant referee against. In the last game, I think it was, but it's happened a few times. And when he's bearing down on you with his eyes sort of flashing and he's angry about an offside call, it's always get your fucking flag up. He look, he's quite aggressive. You know, you wouldn't like him marching at you that way. But still, it's always, there's football's great funny man, Luke Ayling. And he, on, you prefer wan
1: Saka, don't you?
3: What he was saying on the uh, um, Pat Bamford show was about when he's the captain and he has to do the... Um, the pre-match huddle, the talk then, because he has his speech impediment. Sometimes he finds it difficult to get the words out and all the other players just laugh at him and then just go away laughing. And it's, that's <laughs> that's how we start the game is um, is Luke Ayling unable to motivate the players properly and then just giggling. And you wonder why we start games slow. Fair
1: point. Let's talk about the second goal then, deep, deep into, uh, into injury time. Your man, Tyler Roberts, finally got his goal. It took it well. <laughs> I think our man. There was a big
2: cheer when that went in. Considering it was a, essentially a meaningless goal, I think it's because we'd seen him have the chance before and we were going, just please, please, Tyler, put this one in this time. And he
1: he didn't. But then he got his second chance, didn't he? Well, would... It was sorry, it was um, flagged up to us on Twitter that he ignored your coaching advice, actually, Michael, because he didn't hit it really hard into the net. He passed
3: it.
2: Well, by that point, it was fine. He should have hit it really hard into the net the first time,
3: is what I would have done. It was made easier for him, the fact that the, the goal was open and the goalkeeper didn't dive that kind of um, I told you he could do it I don't know you would have to have a steel heart of stone (laughs) (laughs) if to to look at the way he celebrated that goal and just the look of utter relief on his face and not be glad that he scored that and okay the goal tonight I mean I don't know how he failed to put it away in the first place when he just dithered and they took the ball off him and so he needed a a bit of a gimme to actually put the ball into the back of the net. It, it there was an element of sort of getting a kid and putting the the ball just like two yards from the line and going, Go on, kick it over, go on, <laughs> score the goal. Um Yay, happy birthday. But remember the ones that were ruled out for VAR earlier in the season that were beautiful and the assists that he's had cancelled for VAR for no reason and all the ones that have been close but missed and the ones that um that he has set up that that have been good, he needed just something in his stats to show for it at the end and it's kind of that's you get stats two ways that one they don't really tell the story but they also i think a lot of players feel this way that they just want those numbers on their record at the end of the season so now it says tyler roberts premier league goals one and you can't say that he doesn't deserve it he doesn't deserve at least one goal for the way he's played um over the last few weeks in particular
2: at least as well as Liverpool's goalkeeper, hasn't he? This season in front of goal,
1: and that means we can sell him for twelve million now instead of ten. And he scored a Premier League goal, so
3: all good news. Happy for him and Marcelo Bielsa's celebration as well. I sometimes when they do the dugout cam, I count the fist pumps to see how happy he is his double fist. Um, and there were, I think, five, which is more five than, double fists. Which, bearing in mind, you know, he's thrown the idiot goalkeeper onto this one. Barardi's come on at half-time. Some of the good players are off. Half the team's on holiday. He's not celebrating a win over Southampton, is he? He's thinking, uh, I think there will be happiness there that Tyler Roberts has finally done something right in Bielsa's eyes.
2: Well, you're saying we can now sell him for £12 million. He has now scored as many goals as both um, Brewster and McBurney combined this season, which is good. That's £40 million pounds of the strikers right there.
3: That does, I mean... For the serious point, that does kind of show that he's um, he's not worth nothing in this league, is he?
1: And I think we were all genuinely pleased for him. That That is worth just saying for the record. I know we're taking the piss and having a laugh, but we all cheered that, like, finally, yes, get in. And let's note the outrageous pass from Rafinha in the build-up out on the right wing, that curve with the outside of his foot straight into his path. Wasn't and, it Rodrigo? No, because he'd been substituted. Had he? Yeah, Rodri- <laughs> yeah, Rodrigo was the pass for the first one for Bamford. Okay. Which was also very good. I believe you. Thousands wouldn't.
2: <laughs> and and also to go back to Sheffield United again, That's almost past their total, isn't it, for last year. So that's a,
1: a minor little achievement for us, I think. Ah, but you need to be careful of the second year, Michael, don't you? You need to be careful of the second year. All the can kickers are now reminding us, yeah, but you've done fine in your first season, but, 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 this is when it'll finally um, bring itself to bear on Leeds United. Just shut up. Just accept that we're brilliant and we're better than all the Premier League put together and um, and we'll crack on. Um, speaking of your coaching manual, actually, I meant to say, we did get a tweet about that from uh, Just Simply Lee on Twitter, said, can Coach Michael tell us how Southampton have mastered the Burnley-style art of falling over by being touched every single time? Any any words on that on how they've achieved that? Um, just recruiting cheats. Seems,
2: that's your easiest way of doing it. You can teach it, but I think it's one of these things that you've got the you're born with it to a large degree. And you can I, th- I like a good coach like myself wouldn't wouldn't teach that. I go I go with the Bielsa school that you just need to avoid that kind of stuff. But
1: um a more cynical man may may teach it. So let's imagine that we're in contract talks, you and I. Um I'm I'm the coach, you're the player. I'm saying to you, Yeah, so um w- what we need you to do is go down um under every touch. Is that something you can do for us? No. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Um let's move on. Baradi came on, mentioned that. Baradi came on, it was nice to see him, nice to get uh, a Premier League appearance under his belt. We were disappointed with him, weren't we? Were we? we well, oh. con- constructed a narrative around what we wanted to do. We wanted him to go out of his Leeds career the same way that he came in, which was with a red card. I wanted to him to scissor kick someone in the chest and then just go on the piss for the West Brom game. But,
2: you know, you can't have everything. And hopefully he'll play in the West Brom game and he can he can maybe um,
1: commit GBH in that one instead. <laughs> It does pave the way for us seeing Pablo, though, for the final game of the season, and that's one thing I am looking forward to, albeit we will be here in the studio and not in the ground.
2: He deserves it, doesn't he, Pablo? He, ne- he needs a send-off, as does Berardi and Alioski and um,
3: Kiko. <laughs> there is a bit of um, dewy-eyed uh, mistiness going around on Twitter. Liam Cooper has put up a picture of Berardi being hugged at the end of the game by both um, Skip Dog and Bill. And Liam says, delighted for you, brother. This man is everything we are about and more. An example for everyone.
1: Beautiful. Old uh, Ralphie Rabbit Hutch has been saying that we found another gear that they didn't have. Um, he felt that they were closer to us in the game at Ellen Road. Burnout, it
3: Well, have you seen his other comments? Bonnie burnout. Uh, next season, Southampton will challenge Leeds more. That's how, long, how many years has Southampton been in the Premier League? <laughs> And next season, they are hoping that they can challenge Leeds United a little bit more. Hopefully get closer, get a bit closer to yeah, Leeds. Yeah, but we'll
1: be, we'll be bottom with a, a record uh, low points total, won't we, if you listen to the uh, the hot takes on Twitter. So how they're going to aspire to achieve that, I've no idea. Yeah, I mean, he's not
2: promising much, is he? It's just, maybe we'll lose both games 1-0 next year.
3: Well, it's um, they are closing the gap. It was 3-0 at Elland Road, 2-0 this year. So 1-0 defeat in the first game next season and then... Probably going to have to be a nil-nil draw, but we can we can probably uh, drop a couple of points against Southampton on our way to the title. There was very much that
1: testimonial end of season kind of vibe
3: to tonight. Probably don't by- don't just find new ways to undervalue Tyler Roberts' goal, please.
2: <laughs> it's on a par with J-Roy Grot scoring against the Myanmar eleven or whatever.
3: <laughs> Put that in a
1: meme and tweet it. <laughs> well, actually, I was going to say because my notes uh, as the game went on and, and we became aware with the half time subs that nah kind of don't really matter any of this does it on 70 minutes i did notice that southampton substituted a nathan for a nathan there's a double nathaning i wonder if uh, if the statisticians, statisticians rather could um, give us uh, some updates on that whether that's happened before in football double nathaning i'm struggling to think of any other of any other nathan footballers it's probably a really the obvious one
2: doftouse
1: Nathan Lofthouse <laughs> I remember we, discussed well, we were talking about the Bolton lad Nathan we? Loftow. At Liverpool his name Nathan
2: Neil
3: Nathan Neil I don't know if Maybe if uh, a Nathaniel replacing a Nathan Does that help you any? Bringing the, the weight of some extra letters Onto the pitch So what do we take from today Then what's your overall thoughts on it Before we do Heroes and Villains Three Fucking Points
1: Where are we in the league? We are eight As it stands at the minute That's all right, isn't it? Charging to Europe. Conference League. Here we come. We can start now um, the post-mortem for where we missed out on Europe because we're ever so close. We are ever so close. This is where
2: we turn a brilliant season into an an unacceptable (laughs) one, isn't it? Fucking Palace beat (laughs) us. Brighton twice. (sighs) You can easily talk yourself into winning
3: the league, can't you, if you go down this route? All we have to do is beat West Brom and they can't even fucking do that. We will. Yeah, we will. Heroes Which and Villains. It's going to be a big end to the season for how many games we've won. Who, who was the last team to beat us? Oh, we, we haven't lost all season, have we, we? Fucking Brighton, wasn't it? It was Brighton. Jesus. Well, that doesn't count. Who was the last actual proper football team to beat us? There aren't any. Nobody has. Awful. Awful
1: division. We're going to walk it next season. We know. We know. Up first season, do fine. Second season, win it. Easy. Heroes and Villains. Berardi. Nice to see him again. Tyler.
3: He's, what what uh, for? Tyler is... Um, I haven't watched this because I'm talking to you two for some reason when I you know I'd rather be listening to what Tyler Roberts has got to say, but the caption says it's something I've been striving towards. I've been frustrated, so it's a big weight off my shoulders. And that's true, maybe. Um I mean West Brom is his former team, so it's all set up for a big twenty goal haul on Saturday, put Patrick back in his place.
2: I believe earlier in the season you did predict Bamford would score thirty eight goals this year.
3: Well, Which he's let me down, hasn't he? He's fallen short of my expectations. I didn't predict that he'd be smacking the manager in the face with the football, though. So, who knows? I mean, football is an unpredictable game.
1: I've got a villain for you.
3: Uh, Mickey Croissant,
1: who went to, um, to what was it, Marseille? On loan he ended mm-hmm. up at. Been sent back to, uh, to Bayern, hasn't he? Excluded from the squad for the rest of the season. Sent back to Germany, tail between his broken legs. I mean, we got Rafinha instead, didn't we? essentially.
2: Yeah. So I think that probably makes him a hero for having broken legs when he turned
1: up. Um, any other villains? Anyone done anything really bad? What about all the divers? Southampton has a set of divers.
2: Uh, I can't, bring, can't, myself, yeah, I can't bring myself to be bothered. Walker Peters was a bit I mean, annoying, but it didn't really work.
3: So It's a useful talent on the coast anyway, so that, you know, something to occupy them during the summer. What about... All those people who were
1: photographed inside a stadium for the first time in, what, 15 months, who were all there on their mobile phones. A bit of a letdown. Yeah, they should have been. I didn't see anyone sticking
2: two fingers up at a Leeds player.
3: No wanker signs. Pathetic. Are you, if you'd won the um, the ballot, would they all have been written on A4? Just the word wanker. <laughs> so you can hold that up, wave it at the pitch.
2: For, for Sam Allardyce,
1: I think maybe it would be a, a fitting tribute. Any other heroes that you want to nominate before we uh, we close out the show? Don't think so. What about Patrick Bamford for staying on his feet like a true, honest, fair play winning striker for the greatest football team in
3: all the land? I wanted a penalty. He did not make Alex McCarthy, so that's quite nice. I feel like Alex McCarthy has a long history of being ill-used by Leeds United, particularly on loan. And um, it's good to sort of keep that up. Just hope. For as long as he plays football, I hope he has a, a a good career. He's absolutely perfectly respectable goalkeeper. Didn't shame himself at Leeds anymore. And so we always kind of upset him a couple of times a season. That's fine.
2: Maybe Theo Walcott, just for still being around. He played against the Kevin Blackwell Leeds team. It feels weird that he should still be be able to be playing.
3: Just go away. He's all part of uh, Hassan Huttall's master plan for getting a little bit closer <laughs> to Leeds next season. Is Walcott permanent instead of alone? That's going to make all the difference, I think.
1: Well, a lovely evening in the sunshine by the coast in the spring. It's nice, isn't it? It's nice being a Leeds fan right now. I'm happy. Can't fault it, So, say. And we'll wrap it up there then. Thank you for listening to the Matchball. We've got one more this season on Sunday. Uh, we will hot-foot it from, well, the studio to the studio because we didn't get tickets, but we will enjoy it nonetheless. I think it's going to be a joy to see fans back inside the ground.
2: Yeah, I look forward to some more antisocial behaviour from the Leeds fans. I, I believe we can do it. <laughs> if you're going,
3: don't forget. Mark a pen. A4, piece of paper, swear words. It's the only way forward. We'll catch you next time. See you in a bit. The match ball.